0: thanks for downloading scott harold's podcast if you use a smart speaker you can always ask alexa to enable the sos radio skill the world we live in it's crazy everything's been changing even dating sometimes you feel like the way that we date might actually be outdated and we're actually talking with author and pastor jonathan pakluda today at sos radio how are you
1: hey i'm doing great thank you for having me on
0: So Jonathan, you led a ministry for young adults called The Porch. It's something that grew from like 150 people to over 7,000 people in the college age area. And leading a ministry by that size, I got to imagine you've heard it all in regard to dating in the 21st century. Yeah, it was
1: mostly people like after college, so young adults kind of entering into that I want to get married phase if they did. And trying to figure out, all right, what's next in life? And I've had a front row seat for tens of thousands of relationships. We had another, you know, who knows, 50,000 people listening online. And so much of ministry's pattern recognition, where you're just trying to write down, all right, here's what they do that leads to life and goes well. And here's what they do that leads to disaster. And when you have that perspective and you begin to document those patterns, you can come up with something that's helpful.
0: So Jonathan, what do you think the biggest lies are that single people are wrestling through right now as Christians?
1: There's a lot of them. One of them is that they have to find the one, that there's this one person that was born around the same time they were, and they're lost somewhere in this world, and kind of like a needle in a haystack, they have to short through the world trying to find their person. And in reality, there's not one person, there's a small group of people that love Jesus that you could choose from and have an amazing marriage with. And so you're not looking for a soul mate, not a S-O-U-L mate, you're looking for a soul mate, a S-O-L-E mate, one mate for a lifetime. Another mistake that I see they make based off that lie is not really knowing what they're looking for. Most people in pursuit of a spouse are looking for someone who makes them feel a certain way. <laughs> and the problem with that is those feelings come and go, they fade, feelings are real, but they're not always reliable. Sometimes they lead us into relationships and out of relationships and into relationships. And everybody knows that's true just by looking backward at our dating life that every person we've ever had feelings for, we're no longer with anymore. And so I think you have to approach dating as though it's a path to a promise. Like this is how I find someone to partner with in life. And so what character qualities, what character traits would make a great life partner for me and start by looking for that list.
0: We're talking with Jonathan Pakluta today at S SWS Radio. We're talking about dating in the 21st century. It's about what's outdated and what's not. Uh, Jonathan, there are truths in the Bible that don't change. And when we're dating, we often think, well, hey, this is fun. I want to get to know someone. But there's a purpose in dating. At least there should be. <laughs>
1: That's right. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is just dating for fun. We want a relationship like on a reality show, the manic highs and manic lows, all the drama that makes painting. And yet that doesn't make for a great marriage. You don't want to date for fun. You want to date on purpose. The dating is the interview uh, singleness, dating and marriage. Dating is the least fun. Like marriage, you have intimacy. Singleness, you have freedom. Dating, it's like you have all of the challenges of marriage without the benefits. And so you want that interview process to be as short as it needs to be, not any longer for you to identify, is this person someone that is going to be a great partner for me for a lifetime?
0: There's always going to be red flags when you're dating someone, but often we just lower our standards. I'm Scott on SWS Radio. We're talking with Jonathan Pakluda today. When we're dating and we're praying for God to bring someone into our life, we've got to exercise some level of spiritual discernment to be on the lookout for red flags, because if you ignore those, you find yourself in a world of hurt. Now, Jonathan, what have you found are some of the single-issue disqualifiers that we need to be thinking about when we're a Christ follower looking for someone that we can marry one day?
1: Yeah, I want to challenge your listeners not to lower their standards, but to lengthen their patience. And I know that there's some people out there that feel like they've been forgotten. And Folks are sliding into DMs. People are getting ghosted. Love is not sincere. And so a single issue disqualifier, first and foremost, if they don't have a strong relationship with Jesus Christ, if they have not trusted in him as their Lord and Savior. But more than that, are they committed to a church? Are they serving? Are they involved in really not just kind of, hey, I memorized some verses. I own a Bible, but I'm running hard after. Christ. I mean that's the biggest one. And then I think about the baggage that we carry into relationships, sexual addiction, pornography, things that aren't disqualifiers for life. But if they currently mark someone, you're going to want them to go through recovery and to get well. If they're an alcoholic or a drug addict as an example, this doesn't disqualify them for marriage forever, but you're going to want to say, hey, before we begin to partner up and go through life together and double our ministry, I want to see you well. I want to see you healthy. And sometimes it's the great thing you can do recovery. I would also inspect who they're hanging out with, right? I mean, we become the average of our five closest friends. And two, you know, a lot of times people in relationships will say, I love them, but I don't like their friends. I'm like, you know, they're going to become their friends. So that's going to be important that you have a relationship with, you know, those that are close to them as well.
0: It's interesting when you're dating someone and you're a Jesus follower and you're looking for someone who's also a Christian, you sort of say like, okay, this person went to church or they grew up in church, but then you realize they're kind of living it, but they're kind of not, or you realize there's something there. We're talking about dating in this modern world with Jonathan Pakluda. It's really interesting, Jonathan, because a lot of times when we're dating, we're thinking, okay, I want to date a Christian, but do we need to go a step further and say, no, I really need to be dating a growing Christian instead?
1: I think we need to say, I want to be dating a strong Christian, but yeah, I don't think it's enough to say that, all right, this person's saved, so let's go. I think you want to meet someone running the same race at a similar pace, and this is 2 Corinthians 6.14, to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And so what does it look like for me to be equally yoked to somebody that we're going the same direction and we're going at a similar pace as we're growing in our relationship with God?
0: We're talking with Jonathan Pacluda today at Esquist Radio. We're talking about dating. Obviously, intimacy is a big deal. And when someone's lived a promiscuous past, you know, looking at all the research, does that affect their marriage in the future?
1: Yes, Guy, That's certainly a part of my story. And so pornography addiction marked my life, sexual addiction marked my life. And does it affect my future? It absolutely does. But I've experienced healing through recovery. And so I think sometimes we're just so eager to jump into a relationship when we don't realize we're drowning. And as soon as we get in a relationship with somebody else, we're going to pull them under too. And I think for so many people that are listening and hearing this right now, like step one is like, okay, how do I get well? Let me go to my church. Let me talk to a pastor. Let me ask for help. Let me go through recovery. Let me take the next six months to a year off of dating. I'm not going to have the distraction of a relationship, and I'm going to get freedom from pornography. I'm going to get freedom from sexual addiction. I'm going to get freedom from alcohol, drugs, materialism, eating disorder, whatever that thing is that marks your life. But, yes, whatever we engage in sexually is going to impact our intimacy. This is why God's plan is brilliant. I mean, sex was his idea. He gifted it to us. He designed us that way. And yet, when we take that gift and we use it out of the context for which it was intended, it absolutely impacts our lives. And so we can experience healing, but we also still
0: carry scars. Jonathan, I remember, you know, when I was little, you get a gift on Christmas, you get a pair of socks, right? And technically it's a gift, but it's not really something anybody gets really excited over, like, you know, jump up and down with excitement, you know, it's sort of mentality that a lot of singles have when they hear that singleness is a gift. (laughs) What's your advice (laughs) for unmarried men or unmarried women who want to be married someday? And they know there's truth. They know there's a gift there, but it just doesn't feel like the season that I'm in.
1: Yeah, I'm a pastor, so let me start by just apologizing on behalf of the Big C Church in America and say we whiffed here that we have elevated marriage above the calling of singleness. That's an unbiblical idea that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 7, that singleness is a gift. Marriage is a gift. I think some people need to hear the church also communicates marriage is hard, marriage is hard, marriage is hard. Some listeners need to hear marriage is also good. Marriage is good and singleness is good. And when Paul says that, he's really plagiarizing Jesus in Matthew 19, when Jesus says there are some who are celibate for the sake of the kingdom. Not everyone can accept this, but those who can should. And so in the book Outdated, I actually give you a one-question test that will help you identify whether you have the gift of singleness or not. I've been accurate 100% of the time. And so as people pick up that book, they're going to be able to see if they have the gift of singleness and more than that, to see how they can use that gift of singleness for today and maybe even leverage it to find a relationship and get married if they so desire.
0: What do you wish someone told you when you were dating, like actively dating?
1: I wish someone broke down the reality that dating is this path to the promise and that really I'm just trying to interview for a spouse and I need to know what I'm looking for. So my wife, Monica, she'll send me to the store for milk, right? And she's really specific. Like she doesn't want me to bring home generic. She wants me to get organic. There's this blue label, a specific brand with a blue cap, one gallon, 2%. Like she sends me with a list like that. So it says milk, but parenthetically, it has all these descriptions. And so as I'm walking down the milk aisle, I'm looking for the milk that matches the description that she sent me with. And when I find it, I don't stand in front of it and think, okay, now how do I feel? How does it make me feel? I think, oh, this is what I'm looking for, and I buy it, and I commit to it. And in the same way, this is how we should approach dating. We should think, okay, who am I looking for? And I think we put so much emphasis on how do they make me feel and not realize as a single person that in marriage I'm going to feel all kinds of ways. Some days I'm going to feel for them. Some days I'm not going to feel for them. And what I hear from married people with a pagan worldview is sometimes they'll come and say, well, I've fallen out of love. And so now I need to follow my feelings out of this relationship. And there has to be a commitment there. And when I find someone that matches the description of what I'm looking for, I commit to them. And that commitment will carry me beyond what my feelings say, that I can continue to love them, care for them, and serve them.
0: We're talking about dating in this crazy world today. Maybe dating's different than when our parents and our grandparents dated, but maybe at the same time, the principles really aren't. And we're talking with Jonathan Pacluda today at SWS Radio. And he's a best-selling author, and he's also a pastor. And Jonathan, you wrote a book called Outdated, Finding Love That Lasts When Dating Is Changed. And it's interesting because when you're single, your friends say, oh, maybe you're too picky, maybe your standards are too high, but... You challenge us to think a little differently about that.
1: Yeah, I think you want your standards to match God's standards. And what we do is we put a really high emphasis on physical attraction and chemistry. And so often chemistry can be created with just fun experiences that you share with somebody. Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a person who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so it's not charm that we're looking for. And we have to understand that beauty, it fades. It's the fastest thing to go away. And so to come back and say, okay, what should my standards be? When well, First Samuel 16, God says, I do not look at what the world looks at. I look at the heart. And so, so often somebody says, well, what do I do if I'm not attracted to them? And I say, here's what you do is you continue to grow spiritually. You ask God to help you be attracted to what he's attracted to. And I'm not saying you need to be a martyr and you gotta take one for the team and find the ugliest person and, <laughs> and commit your life to them. What I am saying is is you want to grow your attractiveness for the things that God's attracted to. And so as you're looking for a spouse, as you're looking for a partner in ministry, a partner in life, you're going to want to put the right emphasis on the right character qualities and not think about that the way the rest of the world does.
0: So Jonathan, what should some of our non-negotiables be, though, when we're dating or saying, you know what, there are standards, I'm changing my standards to match God's standards. So what should my non-negotiables look like?
1: First and foremost, do they have a relationship with Jesus? If that rock is there, like if they have that commitment, it's going to cover over a multitude of other things if they're committed to surrendering their life to the Holy Spirit. Authority is another thing to think through. Like, Do they submit to authority well? Are they... Willing to follow the rules, or are they somebody that prides themselves in you know doing their own thing? Because that's not going to go well in marriage. Do they get along with other people? Do they communicate well? There's an amazing list in First Timothy 4:12, and he says, "Do not let others look down on you, but set an example for believers in your speech, in your conduct, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity." And if you think about those five things, you think, "Well, I can examine the way they talk," because Jesus says. That how they talk displays what's in their heart. I can examine their actions, not just the way they act toward me when they're interviewing for the job, but how do they act toward other people, people who can do nothing for them. I can examine their love. What do they love? Like It's fine if they love a sports team or college, but do they love that more than God? Are they going to love that more than me? What are the obsessions of their heart? I can examine their faith. Are they committed to a church? Are they under the authority of elders? Are they serving there? Are they having time with Jesus every morning? Are they reading? Are they praying? Do the spiritual disciplines mark their life? Do they live by faith? And then lastly, purity. Purity. Are they pursuing purity? Are they honor the marriage covenant? Because someone who tells you that they're willing to go outside of marriage for intimacy, what they're telling you is I'm willing to go outside of marriage for intimacy. They're saying, hey, I do not value the marriage covenant. And so don't expect me to be faithful in marriage if I'm willing to be intimate with you outside of marriage. And so I can examine uh, their purity. That's a really good list there in 1 Timothy 4.12.
0: Well, we're talking with Jonathan Pakluta today at SWS Radio. His new book, it's called Outdated, Finding Love That Lasts When Dating Has Changed. Thanks for spending some time with us today, Jonathan.
1: Brother, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for letting me talk about this book. I would ask your listeners to join me in praying that this resource would change the landscape of dating in our land. Thanks so much, Scott.
0: Thanks for listening to the SOS Radio podcast with Scott Harold. If this discussion encouraged you, feel free to share it with your friends on social media.